Welcome to Overtime Hockey Talk. My name is Mark Paul. My co-host, Justin Baker, joining us via the Skype satellite. The Skype satellite. Actually, if you look out your window right now, you can probably see it's moving right past Taurus Sumini. You know, it's, it's moving. <laughs> I don't. I just made up a. I made up a, a constellation. Taurus is smart, something, though. isn't it? Taurus something. Yeah, it is. Taurus yeah. and so, I don't know. Sand, so, yeah, sand something, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's it's just you know there it goes it's right, right past the North Star. It's easy, easy to find. <laughs> the Skype satellite. It's huge. It's huge. It's huge. <laughs> um, okay, so not a whole lot of news to talk about uh as if if you've been following our uh our podcast the last few weeks we've been doing top tens uh we are going to dive into our top 10 biggest upsets most shocking upsets however you want to say it uh there's yeah but uh in terms of actual news going on there really isn't uh a whole lot happening no all is quiet i mean I think lately we've been having some some restricted free agent talk going on where guys are maybe starting to sign contracts or starting to dive into it a little bit more. I think like you know I've, I've heard a little bit about William Nylander, sure, uh, sure, and, Shane and Theodore. It just came out that uh, that Austin Matthews is you know he's in no rush to sign a uh, an extension, which for in reality it, it doesn't really matter. Like he knows what he's going to get. He's going to get something along the lines of Jack Eichel. And so, or or more. Oh, for sure. Or more, so, yeah. Yeah, and also hearing a little bit of a uh, little little rumor mill swir- swirling for Eric Carlson right now, too. So. Yeah, yeah. It, it, now, pretty quickly it was squash. It came out like, oh, he's not willing to sign with any Canadian team. And almost immediately mm-hmm. it was like, Elliot Friedman's out there saying, uh, wrong, and, and a couple other guys popping out, too. Uh, right. So, yeah, I mean... Is there could there be a little bit of truth to it? I mean, it's uh, he's not signing with Ottawa, so there's only six other choices where there's there's uh, right. what, 24, 24 other American teams. So I mean, the chances he signs with an American team is high. I mean, it's one in what, one in five, something like that. So oh yeah, uh, yeah. But as far as Carlson goes, any real news, it just it doesn't it doesn't exist. It's not there. So uh, there's just. Nope. It's uh, it's. I think at this point in the season, this is why we do these top tens because it's that time to just go. You know what? Let's let's take a a bigger picture of hockey history and and relive some memories and whatnot and, and talk about some things that maybe maybe we didn't actually experience ourselves, but have seen highlights or have read stories about and uh, are just some interesting things that have happened before uh, before. So, uh, shall we just dive right into our our top 10 list. Yeah, let's do it. Oh, so before before we do, uh, did you have any non-NHL upsets? No, to be quite honest, I, I, I didn't know whether or not we were putting that as a criteria. Now, I guess if if we want to, my list would definitely change because I can think of a big one off the top of my head that would definitely make my cut. Um, but no, I, I kept it to just NHL teams, to be honest. Yeah, I uh, I'm perfectly happy to leave the two off that I I, I put two kind of as my you know here here they are at the bottom just kind of non NHL ones but of course Miracle on Ice I mean we oh, that's sure. a crazy upset that no one could have actually thought was going to happen at the time but 
you know, it's it's a one game thing too. That's right. it's well, it's all well, it's all well and good. That team, it was a huge upset, but it was one game. I I wonder if they were to go and play ten more times, if Russia wouldn't win all ten of them. Oh, they would the have USSR. won the remaining nine. You know, sure. yeah, and so that's that's where it's it's difficult. A same with in two thousand and two when Belarus beat Sweden in overtime. <laughs> you know, that was Tommy Salo and Net, and and Sweden was very good. I mean, Sweden when uh, I think Sweden in 06 won the gold, yep. but that Sweden team was very good. They actually beat Canada in the first game. I, I think they destroyed them. I think it was five nothing, and then Gretzky came out and gave that big speech, and then they kind of turned it around from there. That was Curtis Joseph was in that. Pat Quinn was the coach of Canada. And, oh yeah. And, uh, and and of course, Pat Quinn was the coach of the Leafs. Well, Curtis Joseph is the goaltender for the Leafs. And Pat Quinn doesn't play Curtis Joseph the whole rest of the Olympics. He goes with Martin Brodeur, which, I mean, you can't really fault him. It's Martin Brodeur. Uh, but, yeah, I, I, I think that... Uh, that kind of hurt the relationship, and that's probably why he eventually he he went to the Red Wings, the following yeah. season, right? Yeah, it was the following season. Okay, well let's uh, let's hear your number ten right after you explain to us how you determined one series over another. What was your, you know, was it the you know how long ago that it was, or what what determined what created the biggest company, biggest uh upset sure so for me basically i compiled maybe a list of 12 13 different upsets in the nhl um and then what i did from there is i basically took them and not only just um looked at them from a personal standpoint but also looked at you know kind of i guess broke down where they were in terms of that season uh you know what was going on with with each team um maybe look at some things like uh, for instance, I have a couple playoffs series in here where one of the big factors was the point differential between teams, you know, going into that, you know, how big of a factor yeah, did that yeah, play, yeah. star power, that sort of stuff. Okay. All right. Well, let's hear your number 10. Yeah. Number 10 was uh, one I experienced, uh, remember watching firsthand and one that I'm sure still uh, gets under, lights a fire under your, your stomach or butt, whatever you want to call it. I Pisses don't know what you saying is. <laughs> yeah, that really makes you mad. Uh, it's the 2013 Eastern quarterfinals uh, where the Bruins beat the Leafs. Oh, you're digging at me. A little bit. Yeah, a little bit. Oh, I thought this was going to be a Red Wings one. <laughs> no, there, there's plenty of those on here. Don't don't you worry about that. <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah, actually, the Red Wings have been involved in a lot of uh, large upsets. Um, yeah, which is very depressing after I finished my list and looked at it and realized how many they were upset i'm like really that just uh but yeah so bruins beating the leaps in 2013 i remember uh that series well as i'm sure you do uh bruins were up three games to one and the leaves managed to take it to seven games and even still managed to get up four to one with 10 minutes left to play in that game now was that really an upset the bruins were favored to win that series is that really an upset or is it a comeback uh, for me the upset was in game seven because I think the Leafs had all the momentum riding into that game, and they showed all the momentum riding into that third period and final final 20 minutes. And, 
to me, the upset that occurred was basically that last 20 minutes, you could say. 20-plus minutes, really. Uh, I'm going to say uh, that's a comeback. Not an upset, but that's that's fine. I, I, I understand. I, I thought about putting that on my list. I, I just... And and I you you know I I'm not afraid to talk about it. I, I mean, it, sure. I actually I actually threw a table when it happened, but I was <laughs> I was on a missions trip. Oh no! <laughs> and I watched the game and I threw a table. I was leading a missions trip, mind you. Oh so, boy! Yeah, there you go. I'm a great example. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, okay. They, uh, that didn't make my list only because to me it wasn't really an upset. It, the Bruins actually should have won that series. They were up three two in the series. Or three one in the series, so really they're they're the ones that should have won. Uh, sure, but I I understand why it's on your list. Uh, my number ten. Well, you know I'm just gonna I, I I'm just gonna put this one at number ten now because you know you made me mad. Uh, wow. <laughs> the Anaheim Ducks were uh, were significantly further behind the Detroit Red Wings in the 2002 2003 playoffs. So the 2003 playoffs. Uh, mm-hmm. I believe the Wings were the top team in the league at the time. Or no, actually, two. they number were two. number they two. Were two, two. And yep. uh, the Ducks swept them. And, and yes. we we actually did talk about this on our uh, on on an, a previous podcast, pretty pretty recently, uh, talking about uh, what was it, goalies, and I, I can't remember. Oh, best moments. And, yes. Uh, yeah. So. Uh, sixty-four saves in game one in a triple overtime win. Only allowed one goal for uh, J.S. Jaguar, or 63 saves. He had 64 shots, but uh-huh. uh, it just an absolutely insane goaltending performance. But the Wings, you think they won the Cup the year before, and they they come into the first round expecting to cruise on through past this mighty Ducks of Anaheim team, and it definitely doesn't happen. So. Yeah, I think J.S. Jaguar finished that series with a 965 save percentage. Hot dang. Yeah. Oh. Pretty good. Oh, yes, yes, pretty good. And and also, the fact that they, not only did they get past that series, it was only a first-round series, right? So, I mean, mm-hmm. sure, if you, you go past the first round, uh, and uh, and that's all well and good, you, you upset in the first round, but they went to the Stanley Cup Finals and lost in seven games in the Finals. Yeah. So, that's all that makes it all the more important and impressive so sure exactly all right let's hear your number nine all right number nine i got another eastern conference quarterfinal matchup but this one occurred in 1994 and has to do with my red wings uh this is the san jose sharks Uh, upsetting the detroit red wings and one of the biggest things that i remember from this series was when i finally knew the upset was going to happen was when chris osgood went out the middle of the ice played the puck gave it away Sharks scoring an empty net and basically sealed the deal. Yeah, went to um, pass the puck and just gave it right away to, uh, I don't remember who it was that he passed it to, but yeah, that was brutal. Yeah, it was. And the funny thing is, is Osgood, being, he was a rookie that series, but he actually did not start the series. He did not start game one, uh, but the the Sharks just put a beat down on the Red Wings. I I can't remember. It was five to four. That's right. Um, I mean, they put up a lot of goals when they should not have on the Red Wings. And uh, so he got – they put an Osgood for game two in the rest of the series. I think it was Bob Essena. I oh, think that was Bob his name. Essensa, yeah. Essensa, thank you, yes. Not Tim Shuttleday? Uh, no, no. <laughs> oh, I Which, which is ultimately why they decided to go out and get a Mike Vernon. And, yes, you know, of exactly. course, Mike Vernon, he, he was – he is maybe the least talked about player in the Red Wings 
like lore of the last 20 years. The guy won the Conn Smythe. Yeah. He's he's the I think the only goaltender for them to win the Conn Smythe. He won that in 97. No one talks about it. Mm-hmm. You talk about yeah, exactly. I think, was Eiserman win it in 98. Yeah, Eiserman got a 98. And then and it was uh, Lidstrom. Lidstrom in 2008. And, and Shan- Lidstrom in 02. And oh, then oh, we did. Zetterberg in 08. No, that's right. Okay, there you go. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, Mike Vernon definitely at least talked about any I mean, he wasn't there for that long. He was kind of a, a quick quick trip for Vernon. But, um, yeah, do you know who the Sharks lost to in the second round of those playoffs? Uh, I can't remember off the top of my head, to be quite honest. Were it, they the Maple It was Leafs? indeed the Leafs in seven games. Yeah, yeah. all right. Yeah, and uh, do you remember 1993, the year before, in the first round, the Red Wings were also heavy favorites in the first round, only to lose in seven games in overtime to the Leafs. The Leafs, that's right. <laughs> that didn't actually make my list, but uh, that's a good one, though. I just thought I would, you know, you you stung me, so wow. I got to be. There's plenty here. of stings that are going to happen to me on this list. Believe you me. <laughs> that that is true. Okay, so your your number nine is 1984 Wings losing there. Uh, 1994. Or 1994, sorry. Uh, my number nine is the Florida Panthers in 1996. Ooh. Uh, of course, this team is the team that goes eventually goes to the Stanley Cup Finals, gets swept by the Avalanche. But in the second round, they meet the Pittsburgh Penguins, who had MVP Yermer Yager and Mario Lemieux, and they uh, they were just stacked. And just supposed to blow through the Panthers. It was it was laughable almost that the Panthers were able to beat the Bruins. And in they come, and uh, they beat the Penguins in six games. And, uh, yeah, so that's – it was – and you got to think back. That Penguins team, even – they won the Cup in 91 and 92. But mm-hmm. they were always favored to win the Cup all the way out to I, – I think probably by the time after this year – after 1996, they started to kind of tail off, and then they lose Lemieux, and they were kind of bad for a little while, and then they found their way. Yeah. Anyways. Uh, wow. Yeah, uh, my number. I'll, I'll just I'll jump right in. Go my number eight. Okay. Uh, my number eight is the 1995 New Jersey Devils. Uh, wow. I, I'm gonna say them as a whole. That that entire team, uh, what they did, were able to do in the playoffs. They never had home ice advantage the entire playoffs, and uh, they go, they win the Stanley Cup. They meet the Red Wings in the finals. The Red Wings are heavily favored to win that final. Yes. Uh, the Wings were just loaded up, and the Devils play this. You know, it was really the first time we saw them play this crazy trap, and just completely neutralize the Red Wings. And they go on. They not only win, but they sweep. The, the Red Wings, and, uh, of course, they win the Cup. Ouch. Yeah, that one hurt me a little bit. Uh, yeah. That, but, I hey, you win the Stanley Cup well. Finals, right? So that's, that's true. Uh, yeah. Um, well, uh, number eight for myself, actually, uh, speaking of, you know, mentioning powerhouse Penguin team of the early, mid-'90s, um, mine is the 1993 division semifinals. Uh, where the Islanders upset the Penguins in the second round. Um, Without Pierre Turgeon, who was their best player, arguably. Yes, absolutely. He got taken out in game one from a hit from a uh, former Washington Capitals coach, Dale Hunter. Uh, Um, He was such a clean player, Dale Hunter. (laughs) 
Yeah. Uh, ultimately, the Islanders just physically uh, took it to the Penguins a little bit. And uh, while Lemieux was still pretty decent in that series, ultimately it just it wasn't enough for them. And after having back-to-back championships, they just they fell to the number three seed Islanders. So um, not a, not a horrible Islanders team, but again, like you said, their best player Pierre Turgeon. Goal of who their series. goalie was. Do you know who that team's goalie was? Oh man, it's Glenn right off the top Healy. Of Glenn Healy, yes, yes, yes. Yep. Uh, I and I want to say who did, did that? Uh, that team, the Islanders, they played the Canadians in the next round. Then, and they would. I believe lost. so. Yeah, because yeah, the Canadians ultimately won it. So that's right. Uh, okay, so who is your number seven? Number seven, I got another upset of my Red Wings. Uh, I have my second one on my list. It is the 2006 Western Conference quarterfinals when the Edmonton Oilers beat the powerhouse Red Wings. It was ultimately Eiserman's last series as a Red Wings. Yeah, a Red Wing player. Um, the and, Red Wings, and had he had finished. no knees at that point. They were gone. Right, it was Jello down there. There were no knee. Actually, there was no Jello. It was a lot of grinding. A lot of grinding. <laughs> There's just I don't know if you can hear my knuckles grinding together, but that's what. I oh mean. yeah, yeah. It was brutal. I mean, the Red Wings had 126 points. Um, they were top of the. I mean, top of the standings. And the Oilers. They had Chris Pronger. And oh man, who was it in goal? I can Dwayne Rolls. Yeah, Dwayne Rolls. So, yep. Yeah, yeah Chris, I mean they Chris Pronger went to the finals that year. He went to the and the finals the following year when he went to the Ducks, Ducks the next year yes. and won the cup there. And of course, yeah. of course, the fact that the Oilers not only do they beat the Red Wings as the eight seed, they go to the Stanley Cup Finals and they lose in seven games. So yes, much like the Ducks. Yes, yes, exactly. I mean, yeah, it was, it was exactly like Ducks. Uh, <laughs> Uh, okay, well, my number seven is personal for me. Okay. Uh, I I could have put this lower on my list. Uh, in terms of significance, it's, uh, it's probably the lowest significant one. But for me, it's one of my most fond memories. Uh, okay. And I, I, I did bring this one up in the memories, but it's also a huge upset. Uh, when you finish 19 points behind a team and that team beats you in all six regular season games and the last game of the regular season, you lose 5 nothing to that team, then you go sweep <laughs> them. You, you just reverse the tide. Leafs go, oh, of course, I'm talking about Leafs and Senators 2001. Leafs lose every game in the regular season, then go sweep the Senators in the playoffs, and it was very, very satisfying. I can still picture the, the people just holding up brooms in the crowd. Uh, it's the only <laughs> sweep that I, I, I think that the Leafs have had in the last, gosh, probably 30, 40 50 years I, I i don't know i'd have to look that up but i i can't remember a sweep uh for the leafs that so. sounds about right yeah so uh who do you have at number six all right number six i have the 2010 eastern semis uh when the flyers beat the boston bruins when they became the third team in nhl history to come back from a three to nothing deficit uh remember this series quite well because i remember the controversy and i always love it when i see teams switch goaltenders mid-series and to me that's always just a sign of oh you're going to be golfing soon but uh the flyers took out brian boucher and brought in this guy that i had never heard of michael Leighton, and he just he stole the show for him a little bit and of course danny briere uh did as he always did even though he was he was a decent regular season guy he was like a justin williams where he just knew how to turn it on in the playoffs 
and he just lit everybody up. Yep, yep. I uh, so I have the Oilers beating the Red Wings in seven as my six. Okay, uh, wow. and then the Flyers coming back down three zero as my five. So, oh, uh, nice. Yep. So we're we're right in the right around the same page there. Okay. Well, but well, yes, my number. F- oh, no, I, go ahead. I was gonna I was gonna say too. Uh, that's just because of that microcosm of being down three nothing in the series, and Game Seven uh-huh. comes, and you're down three nothing in Game Seven. That's just that will probably never happen again. Yeah, that's definitely that's in our lifetime. One. It'll never happen again. I mean, that's just to come back down three zero twice in, <laughs> in two different ways is <laughs> is pretty uh, pretty cool. But of course, they do go on to lose in the Stanley Cup Finals in overtime. Yes, that's the uh, Patrick Kane overtime goal where nobody knew it was ghost. in except for him. Yes. Which I actually have that puck. Do you? No. <laughs> if I had that <laughs> puck, that would be amazing. You, yeah, I do have a collection of Stanley Cup winning goal scorers. So I like autographs or memorabilia from players that have scored the Stanley Cup winning goal in their whatever year. And mm-hmm. uh, I would love to have that. I actually saw oh, who scored the winning goal for the Kings the first time they, they won. Oh, uh, no, no, no. Uh, yeah, when Yes, when the Kings played the Devils in the finals. I think it was oh. Alec Martinez scored the game-winning yep. goal, and I actually saw that puck up for auction. I just wasn't really in a place where I could drop like fifteen hundred bucks for a puck. This uh-huh. wasn't really. That's not really on my priority list at this point in my life yet. I would love to have it. It'd be cool, but yeah. You know. Yeah, and it's Alec Martinez. Okay. Yeah. Well. Yeah. <laughs> <hey>. <laughs> So okay, so that's my uh, that was your number six. What's your six, number? Your number five. And my number five is the Flyers. Yes. Uh, so who's your number five? My number five is going to be one that I did not experience, but going back a little bit, uh, it is the 1938 Stanley Cup Finals when the Chicago Blackhawks upset the Toronto Maple Leafs. You know what's really funny? I have that as my number four. Really? Yes. Very nice. Uh, the only team to win. Any or they're actually the lowest winning percentage in the regular season of any team in the four major sports to win the championship. Yes, they were fourteen twenty-five and nine. <laughs> Horrible, ridiculous. They uh, what was it? I was reading. Oh, and the the funny part is is this little tidbit I, I caught on um, on Wikipedia that just made me laugh so much. Apparently, the NHL thought so little of the um, of the the Blackhawks beating the Leafs they figured it was going to go back to Toronto for another series they shipped the Stanley Cup already to Toronto so when the Hawks won the series at home they couldn't even hoist the Stanley Cup because it was in Toronto yeah yeah didn't even didn't it was actually in Detroit because Detroit had won it the year before and instead of sending it to Chicago they said just bring it to Toronto yep Uh, Blackhawks were the lowest scoring team in the league and they let in the second most goals in the league out of eight teams. At the time, there was eight teams. So, you know, so much for the original six. There was actually eight teams in 1938. Mm-hmm. Uh, a very strange playoff bracket. So the way that they did it this year was there's four teams in each division, two divisions. And the second place team in both divisions played each other. And then the third place team in each division played each other. That's crazy. And then the winner of those series played the one seed in uh, in in one oh no sorry so those two teams played then the the one seeds from each division played in a in their own series 
And then the winners of the loser of the like the two seeds and the three seeds played each other, and then you get to the finals. <laughs> Why? So they had the two best teams in the regular season play each other in the first round, essentially. But it was technically the second round because they get a bye to the second round. Right. So strange. And then, of course, the Blackhawks come in and they beat the Leafs in, in four games. Four games because they only played a best of five. So. Oh, goodness. Oh, uh, yes. The craziness of 1938. And uh, the, <laughs> the Blackhawks would not win another championship at home until, I believe it was like 1992 when the the Bulls won and the Blackhawks themselves didn't win until at home until 2015. When they oh, right, them. yes. Because their, their 2010 was in Philly. So, Yep. Okay, well, uh, since that was my number four, why don't we hear your number four, and I'm going to hope that you didn't say it. <laughs> and All right. It's not my number three. <laughs> well, mine is a little bit of love for the Maple Leafs this time around. Uh, 1942 Stanley Cup Finals when the Leafs rally, the first team ever in NHL history to come back from a 3-0 deficit to beat my mighty Red Wings. That's right. Your mighty Red Wings. The 1942 <laughs> Red Wings that you watched so closely. Yes, of course. Uh, yeah, so Leafs end up winning game four on the road. They destroyed the Red Wings in game five and then shut them out in game six, uh, ultimately to win a game seven. So they they put a mighty big uh, yeah stamp on that one. Yeah, I mean, unfortunately. I mean that, uh, that series comes up a little later on my list. But and, okay. and I'll share some details come that time. But yes, it, it certainly the first time any team came back down three nothing in a series. Uh, All right. Well. Uh, well. Good. I'll let you share those details if you don't mind. I'll let you actually get to share your number three then yes, first. My number three. Uh, I am going 2014. The Ooh. L.A. Kings come back down three nothing to the Sharks. Uh, Ooh. Now, if you were watching that series. The Sharks not not only were they not only were they like did they win the first three games, uh, the Sharks won six three seven two, and then a four three OT win. So the Sharks are scoring some goals. And, oh yeah, and then the Kings come they they win six three you know a shootout. Then it was the Sharks just couldn't score after after game four, the Sharks scored twice. So a three yeah. nothing win for the Kings, four one win win for the Kings, and a five one win for the Kings, and not only do they do they manage this comeback. The reason I have this ahead of uh, of the Flyers and uh, coming back is because the Kings eventually go win the Stanley Cup. Not to mention the fact that this Kings team they were where where they finished. They were the they were the last place team in the playoffs. Total. Yes, they were. They were the worst team in the playoffs. Uh, although they had the best goals against in in the league, they only allowed 174 goals in 82 games. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, no, I I agree. I uh, that one was my on my just missed list, if you want to call it that. Um, I, I I loved it, and I was kind of actually a little shocked too after you know the shellacking they took in those first couple games. That by game four, you know, they still went with Jonathan Quick. Well, and here here's the thing about that series was that the Sharks had had their share of of pretty bad losses mm-hmm. in the playoffs before this. You know, they they had been the team that had been favored to win quite a few times and they always fell short. And so it was this series where 
those first three games, people are like, dang, especially the first two. It was like, this team has come to play. They are fa- like one of the favorites to win the cup. And, of course, uh, that, that didn't happen. That <laughs> did not happen. Yeah. So, yeah, that's, that is one of my biggest upsets and comebacks. The fact that that's an eight seed coming back down 3-0 and they win the cup, that's pretty impressive. Uh, your number okay. three, good sir. Uh, number three, I've got the 2010 Eastern Quarter Finals uh, when the Montreal Canadiens beat the Washington Capitals. Mm, mm. That's very yes. high on your list. I'd love to know why. Yeah, uh, mostly because, uh, I, I, if you can't already tell, I've got a thing for good goaltending. So when I see good goaltending just punching it out and taking over a series, especially in an upset, uh, to me that um, that really puts a little bit higher on my list. And uh, that's another big reason why my number two uh, uh, number two uh, upset is where it is. But for, for this one, so you had the Montreal Canadiens come in the eighth seed um but you have the washington capitals win the president's trophy their first one ever with 121 points obviously they had the best power play in the league they had you know the mighty alex ovechkin backstrom they had all these key components that just make for you know what should be an easy walk through the first round but um you look at what the the canadians did obviously the big story is you know talking about the goaltending on the other side for the for the Habs there, they end up taking what is the best power play in the league, and they kept him to they they kept him at one for thirty, which was phenomenal to me. Right, um, right, and 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 not not to mention that they were also the highest scoring team in the league. They scored three hundred and eighteen goals in those yes, eighty two games. Crazy, um, but you're and, and the Canadians also. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, no. Uh, I was going to say that you know you're a soft lock. He stops in the last two games, game six and seven, 94 of 96 shots to me, which was just phenomenal. Those last two games. Yeah, he tricked everybody into thinking he was a good goalie. <laughs> yeah, and I, I remember there was a there was a legitimate conversation about like, oh well, are the Canadians going to going to uh, keep Halak or Price? Oh yeah, I, I <laughs> and to that I said, you're an idiot. Uh, of course, they're going to keep Price. <laughs> Uh, this was just an anomaly. Uh, Halak's a good, Halak's a fine goalie, but he's certainly no, you know, he's not a, a 98% save percentage goalie. Uh, also, the Canadians did lose more games than they won in the regular season. Yes, and of course the Canadians would go on to the next round, and they actually upset the defending Stanley Cup champion Pittsburgh Penguins with another epic seven-game series. So to me, I, again, the, the goaltending thing just really pushed that, and yep. uh, keeping a team that scored so much just to so little was phenomenal. It was a great series, and, and that one missed my list, but it certainly it could have been on there somewhere. Uh, so yeah, um, okay, my right. was, was that your number two or three? That was my number three. Oh, yeah, that's your number three. Okay. Uh, well, then let's hear your number. Well, I'll give you my number two. It might, sure. Go it ahead. might be the same. But um, my number two is 1982. Okay. The Kings are down 5 nothing in the third period in game three. And, uh, of course, they make a miracle comeback. Miracle on Manchester is what they call it. And mm-hmm. uh, the tying goal, Gretzky gives it away. Kings tie it up. And uh, and then of course they go to overtime. They win it. They're up two one in the series, and the Kings win the next game. And it was only the first round in '82 was only a five game series, so that was that. Uh, the Kings were forty eight points behind the Oilers in the standings. Yes, forty eight points. That's twenty five. That's twenty four wins. Yeah, twenty four wins essentially is is how far behind they were. That's that's ridiculous. 
Uh, not only is it an insane upset, it's an incredible comeback and uh, all that mixed together. Uh, and the team that they beat, it's not just your like, oh, yeah, remember they had this player and this player? No, that, that team, I mean, they, they went on to be a dynasty. And they had Wayne Gretzky, Mark Messier, Yari Curry, Paul Coffey. I mean, there's the Hall of Famers on that team is silly. Uh, and so that, that to me is one of the greatest of all time. Yes. Uh, that one did not come in at number two for me. It actually came in at number one. Oh, um, okay. All right. However, number two for me was the 2003 Ducks beating the Red Wings. Ah. Number two. And that's probably, I imagine, personal for you. Yeah, a little bit more personal. Yeah, that's why it went up, went up so high. And again, a lot to do with good goaltending. That, uh, that one was just, it was ridiculous goaltending. So uh, to me, that came in at number two two but at number one uh obviously the kings beating the oilers um the only the the only reason i i guess um the only fault i could see in with this series and for many of you who don't know uh listening in back in those days in the 80s um the quarterfinals or was they referred to them as the semis um they actually were five games and not seven so had the series been seven, maybe the Oilers with the powerhouse team like we talked about, they might have come back. They might have won. Who knows? But, you know, given the fact that they, they squandered a 5 nothing lead and the Kings, the big differential they had in points in the regular season and like we talked about, just the names on that Oilers team, uh, to me it was just a clear cut for number one. All right. Uh, my number one, of course, is uh, the Leafs coming back down 3 nothing in a series uh, to the Red Wings. In the Stanley uh, yes. Cup Finals, the only team to come back down three nothing in the Stanley Cup Finals. Uh, actually, I believe the only team to come back down three nothing in a seven game series in all of the four major sports. Yeah, I I do I do agree with that. That is true. Uh, and I don't uh, honestly I I believe this will probably never happen again. Um, at least in my lifetime, the way the game is played, I, I don't see something like that ever ha- happening. Well, to and, be honest. and sweeps in the Stanley Cup final are are becoming more rare. Like we actually used, to, I mean, the Red Wings in '97 and '98, they swept both of those. In '95, it was a sweep in the Stanley Cup final. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm trying to think beyond that, the last time we actually saw a sweep in the Stanley Cup finals. Uh, I I don't uh, like I don't think that it's happened in, in since the Red Wings swept. No, and I I think the way the league is now with the competitive balance with the salary cap, it's going to make it more and more difficult for something like this to happen. I mean, it's hard enough to get a three nothing series lead in the finals, let alone blow it. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, I mean, the thing that this is what's crazy about. This. So I mean, you're down three nothing in a series, and they the Leafs. Pull both they 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 remove both their goaltenders and bring in two other guys. Uh, or sorry, they they bring in they take out two pretty significant players and, and move other other guys in. Uh, mm-hmm. No no one scores in the first period. The Wings go up two nothing in the second when the second's over. So I mean you're down three three nothing in the finals. It's two nothing and the Leafs go they tie the game fifth minute of the third with five minutes left. The Wings go up again. And the Crazy. Leafs tie it two minutes later, and then uh, they they end up scoring the winning goal. So I mean, there's just so much drama in just that fourth game, and apparently that game ends in a riot, almost a riot. Um, really? There was uh, Detroit's Eddie Wears. He's he drew a misconduct penalty, and then he's mm-hmm. 
he was fined $50 for refusing to leave the ice. The referee literally, he drops the puck for the faceoff while this guy's still on the ice, <laughs> pissed, and not he's not leaving. So the ref goes, okay, well, I'm going to drop the faceoff. And they drop the faceoff. Faceoff is one. Wings touch the puck. Too many men on the ice penalty. And then uh, he throws down his stick and his gloves, and then he's fined again by the ref. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the end of the game, the uh, the Red Wings coach, Jack Adams, attacks the ref, punches him in the face, <laughs> following a, quote, profanity-laced outburst. Uh, then the fans start booing, and yeah. they litter the ice with paper peanuts, a woman's shoe, and a perch, a giant perch somebody threw under really? the Really? Yep. <laughs> what in the world? So then, of course... NHL's president, who's Frank Calder at the time, he has to leave the... He's in the building. He has to leave, along with this ref, under police protection. And the co- the Jack Adams, the coach... Which, ironically, of course, the Coach of the Year trophy is named after Jack Adams. All right. Uh, but he's suspended indefinitely. And uh, so now we go back to Toronto for Game 5. The Red Wings don't have their coach. And the Leafs win 9-3 in Game 5. A, a seven <laughs> a seven goal or a five goal third second period and uh, so then you go to game six Detroit's got the game at home they've got an opportunity to uh, to win and uh, they can't they can't pull it off so goes to game nope. seven and it's another really close game but uh, the Leafs win it by by a goal so it's uh, it's just insane how. It all came together in that sense. That I mean, that's true, true to form on that old school kind of hockey. Like maybe all of that could have been avoided if the, you know, these what was the guy's name that wouldn't leave? Uh, Eddie Wears. Yeah. If, if he had just gone, you know, I'm just going to leave, and then there's no, then the coach doesn't get get suspended, and uh, obviously he was a good coach. <laughs> the coach of the year <laughs> trophy is named after him. Um, and so, yeah, it's just uh, very strange. I mean, that's something that, again, you said we may never see it again. And when you understand the story behind it, yeah, we probably will never see it again because what coach in the NHL is going to attack a referee? Right. What player is going to go, no, screw you, I'm staying on the ice. Go ahead, drop the puck. I dare you. Okay, we'll drop the puck. Too many men on the ice. And now you're kicked out too, and your team's on the penalty kill. Like. <laughs> It's just not you like you can't imagine it because pro sports in '42 was much different than it is now. Uh, oh, for so. sure. But uh, yeah, it was good list. Good list. I I do yeah. like that we we did have some a, quite a few where we didn't even have them on each other's list. So that's that's always fun. We have some different uh, different stuff. So let us know what you think of our lists. Maybe we're completely off. Maybe we forgot a huge one. And uh, you want to remind us, you can tweet at us at OT Hockey Talk. Uh, I don't think we have a planned top 10 list for our next show. But if you have a, an idea for us, uh, people have been throwing them at us. And uh, we'll, we'll certainly... Oh, we do actually have one, and I just can't remember. It's somewhere on our Twitter feed, and we'll, we'll, uh, we'll get to that. But, yeah, you can tweet at us at OT Hockey Talk, and uh, we'll be back here next week. Anything, anything final to say to our our fans and our listeners out there, Justin? 
No, um, just how disappointed I am that the Red Wings showed up four times losing on my list. Yeah, that's rough. Uh, and it was rough. Oh, I I did want to mention NHL.com had an article. Uh, it was a it was an article that said bounce back years for Phil Kessel and Chris Letang. Will Matt Murray be healthy? Questions that need answers for the Penguins. Hashtag thirty one and thirty. Um, <laughs> someone at NHL.com needs to let their writers know that uh, Phil Kessel had ninety two points. <laughs> you know what's funny? Okay, so NHL has been putting out on Instagram. Um, they've been doing their their team previews every single day, right? They they do a new team. And one of the first, like, story feeds on their Instagram account is, like, team leaders, right? It has who led in points for forwards, defensemen, and then goaltenders, right? Sure. Um, And I've already noticed twice, I think first time was with the Canadians, or not the Canadians, with the the Carolina Hurricanes. And I can't recall who the second team was. But two times now, I've noticed where they put goalie leaders. And when they put goalie leaders, obviously they're going by wins first say percentage goals against and all that stuff well right off the bat their goaltending leader for the carolina hurricanes was they put down um uh what's his face scott darling right with 13 wins well they got a new goaltender <laughs> peter Morazic, who has 14 wins to his credit from last season and so at first i didn't really think anything of it but then like a couple days later they had another team who got a new goaltender and his win total was greater than the you know his his replace the guy he's replacing from last year so they put him in as the goaltending leader and i'm like really okay how did they miss that with goaltending two and so they ended up doing it again later on in the season where they they put the you know the worst goaltender of the two with less wins and i'm like really who is who is doing this yes we'll have to have We'll have to see if we can get Wes Crosby, the NHL.com correspondent who wrote that article, why he why he wanted why he thinks that Phil Kessel needs a bounce back season. I mean, yes, he had he had not he only had nine points in twelve playoff games. That's okay, uh, but it's just yes, he was, too he was hurt sometimes. Blah, blah, but come on, Phil Kessel is not the problem. Why is that the top story for the Penguins? Phil Kessel is not the problem. Let's let's maybe talk about the fact that they have no depth coming into this season because they had to move guys in order to keep people. So let's talk about Jack Johnson having a bounce back year. Yeah, if let's, anybody, let's talk about the horrible signing of Jack Johnson. Maybe, or, or well, maybe, or maybe the Penguins know better than everybody else, which they have shown that they maybe do know better than a lot of other people the way that they've uh, they've done the last few years. So. All right. Well, uh, yeah. Feel free to tweet at us at OT Hockey Talk. Hope to uh, hear from you guys, and we will talk to you this week. Have an enjoyable. Don't don't worry. Hockey's almost back. We're almost in September. Almost to training camp. We're like three weeks away. Just stay calm and enjoy the break. We'll talk. To you.